That is right. It is Free Talk Live, and you are free to call in and talk live on this Labor Day edition. It's Mark with you. And nobody. And, you know, Pope nobody. Uh, Pope Indigent the First of the Church of the Invisible Hand. So, I mean, yeah, we are live on Labor Day. And you can call in and talk about whatever's on your mind. That's what we do here on Free Talk Live. In fact, we produce... But don't talk about labor. I don't want to go into that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, seems unlikely. Going into labor can be very painful. (laughs) (laughs) The number is 855-450-3733. It's 855-450-FREE, as in freedom. And any topic is on the table, but I figured it was Labor Day, so I would bring in an article that was aimed at that. So we'll go into labor. Oh, no. Nobody. Um, Quick, somebody panicked. (laughs) (laughs) Reason.com. Now, the article I got, I specifically looked for public sector uh, union stories because I really don't have the biggest problem with private sector unions. I do. Well... You may, and you can certainly make whatever points you wish regarding that. However, you know, the history of labor in the country, I am, you know, I'm hot and cold on. It's, yes, I dislike that uh, labor unions use the power of the state to enforce their uh, rules upon everybody in their union, you know, make everybody join, and then you have to bargain with them and all that stuff. I dislike that. But it's not like employers sat by on the sidelines and never used the government to get what they wanted. So, you know, you you live by the sword, you die by the sword, and I'm not not as concerned. Well, the problem is in both cases, it's it's the same in that employers use uh, the government to get what they want. Some of them do and others of them don't. So those employers that do use the state get what they want at the expense of employers who don't use the state. And by that same token, uh, union members, if they get higher wages get higher wages by pushing other people out of the labor force entirely. So you and the union might get a better job, but somebody else doesn't get a job at all. So that's, that's my issue with, uh, with, priv- uh, with even private sector unions. And you can see that when unions don't have government help, if you look back in the day when the government did not skew the playing field for unions well what did the union guys do when they went on strike people would come in and try to replace them try to do those jobs which the union guys said they weren't paying enough but somebody else said well that's enough for me and what did the union guys do they they beat beat their butts yeah Agreed. Uh, They think it's their job, right? Like a job is an agreement between two people. So if a guy comes to my house in a plumbing truck and I've got a plumbing problem, Mm -hmm. he can come in and take a look. And then we can talk about price. And if, you know, I like the price, then he can fix the problem. And if I don't like the price, then he can't. Mm -hmm. That's what a job is. A job is an agreement between Mm -hmm. two people. And when it's not an agreement between two people... 
It's something else. It's coercion is the term we use, like to use yeah. here in libertarian circles. And Let's, the funny thing is this exists on both left and right because oh, when, yes. when the, the union leftists say they took our jobs, it's no different than when the anti-immigration people say they took our jobs. In both cases, it's an assertion that I have a right to work, but the other guy doesn't have a right to work. My rights are greater than his. That's the assertion. Let's go to Daryl calling in. Whoop, sorry, Daryl's uh, tied up here. Let's go to Tom calling in from Hudson. Tom, you're on Free Talk Live. Dorian, Tom. by the way, and uh, you've got affiliates down there in Florida, you know, like WZEA, FM, Daytona Beach, and WNDB, Daytona Beach, and WTTB. Seven years today, by the way, WTTB, AM, Vero Beach, Florida uh, has been on free to, has had free talk live. Happy anniversary, and, uh, Vera. Groovy. Yeah, and I'm uh, bringing this up because uh, what you want to do if you're going to be evacuating is put three ice cubes in a plastic bag and put that in your freezer, and you come back a week later when the supermarkets are mobbed, and you take a look, and oh, well, the clock on your microwave oven is blinking so you know you lost power at least momentarily but was it five minutes or five days well you take a look in that plastic bag there and if you see uh say it's all a melted together blob then you know that the fish in your freezer also thawed out it's bad but if it's still three ice cubes that means that the food the frozen food did not thaw out which is very important when the uh issue when the supermarkets are mobbed. Yeah. Now, uh, going back to the point about the unions, my gripe was picking up the want ads in my younger days. Well, there's a job, but the buses don't go there. There's another job, but the buses don't start that early. Maybe the temp agency has an assignment for me. Meanwhile, these nice, cushy union jobs working for government-protected monopolies, the public utilities, the bus company, the postal service. Oh, no, we have to reserve those jobs for men who dropped napalm on children in Vietnam. Gee, Tom, if you want one of those nice cushy jobs, why don't you sign up for the next uh, Vietnam War, and then you can drop napalm on children and earn one of these. Meanwhile, I'm paying higher rates for the postage and the telephone for a long time. I couldn't afford a phone, stuff like that, because and I'm paying higher rates so that they can enjoy nice uh, overpaid union wages. And that was my gripe for many years, and I didn't like it. So you did, you were uh, too young to get drafted, is that right? I was too young to get drafted into the service, but uh, one of the things that the anti-war movement failed to stop was veterans' preference, which went out of style in the 1980s. There was some cutoff date where if you hadn't signed up by then, you don't get veterans' preference. It wasn't part of the deal anymore. But the people who had already signed up, they, they got veterans' preference because they dropped napalm on children. I got you. I got so you. Thank a, you for the call. Yeah. <laughs> it's really, really uh, specific about that. Whatever. Um, well, it is a bad thing to do. Right. right. Nobody I mean, should you drop know, napalm on children. No one should do that <laughs> under any circumstances. However, um, you know, I'm, I am don't think everybody who uh, participated exactly did that, I guess. I, you know, anyway. Mm. Let's go to the phones here. Uh, Daryl calling him from Georgia. Daryl, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, man. I, I heard Free Talk. I got to call in and tell everybody what's going on. I'm up here 
I went to the shooting range on Labor Day, got work off. Man, I'm over there trying to slap my rifle in for deer season, and this clown's up there smoking marijuana at the gun range. You believe it up in North Georgia. I, I'm, I'm a little surprised. Going, ain't nothing wrong with smoking a little weed at the range. Hey, man. Hey, man. I I ain't ain't gonna, it's not like you're going to get drunk and shoot somebody smoking weed. <laughs> I mean, I tell you what, though, dude. I don't want nobody playing with the devil's lettuce down at the shooting range, man. That's dangerous. I think I should wait till after the shooting range, personally. I don't know. I mean, when uh, you look at the danger of lettuce, Romaine <laughs> killed like 50 people last year, and the devil's lettuce didn't kill anybody. So look, I man, think I'm the devil needs to I'm get some it. lettuce that's a little more evil. Don't get me wrong. You know, it's Grateful Dead CD, Saturday night, ain't no worries. But, man, down at the gun range, is dangerous. And I tell you what, that fool had an Alabama shirt on, so you talk about, there's, there you go. Right Roll there. Tide. That's all you need to know. Yep. Thanks for the call. Well, yeah, yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, see, I carry it every day, and I smoked every day, and I had to carry what I was smoking because I was in the drug you're business. Every day, and you're carrying every day. <laughs> um, well, and also because I was in a business where you know the police were not even going to show up and uh, shrug three hours later if if something happened to me. So there was nobody to defend me but me. There you go. All right, let's get back to the story on public sector unions, now that everybody's had their say. And, uh, yeah, well, we'll get right back to it. It's uh, This is from Reason.com, and it's uh, it's by David Harsani. And I think he's making some really great points. I mean, he's, he's hitting pretty hard against public sector unions here. The number, 855-450-3733. It's 855-450-FREE. Don't smoke weed with gun range, kids. Free Talk Live. Call in, talk about whatever you want. It's Labor Day. Mark with you. And nobody. I want to tell you about Bitcoin.com. Bitcoin.com is, well, as far as I'm concerned, it's the premier source for information regarding, uh, you know, sort of the cryptocurrency news, specifically Bitcoin Cash. But, uh, you know, there's, there's, you know, in stories and important aspects of cryptocurrency generally and recently they have launched a trading platform at local.bitcoin.com that allows you to buy or sell bitcoin cash via dozens of payment methods like paypal venmo bank deposit remittances or meeting in person with cash there's no id requirements to sign up and uh, to use the site and all communications between buyers and sellers are encrypted Finally, a global trading platform that respects your privacy. Visit local.bitcoin.com to get started trading Bitcoin Cash. It's local.bitcoin.com. Oh, Rich, it looks like there's some bad news. Dave in Alabama, calling on YouTube. What's on your mind? Uh, I think Rich knows exactly what's on my mind. He lost the bet. I told him Florida was going to beat Miami. He didn't want to buy it. And he put down a hefty bet. I would just like to collect my bet. That's all. I, that that's all. That's all it is. Rich, did you what? bet the man on what? I <laughs> don't pay any no, attention no, to no, sports no, ball. Don't, don't play like that, Rich. Don't play like that. Come on, Rich. 
<laughs> Come on, we've known each other for too long for you to be acting like this right now. Uh, how'd we meet? Come on. Bridge, <laughs> Bridge, Bridge. Are you serious right now? You're going to play me like this? So Florida beat Miami? In what? Football. Did you not see the game? You bet on the game. You don't watch the game? I don't what pay any attention to sports. <laughs> he doesn't have a television. Oh my <laughs> I don't God. have a television. That's true. What is wrong with this Well, I man? do have a television, I but I just use it God. as a monitor. <laughs> I certainly oh, don't watch any wow. sports on it. <laughs> oh, Thanks. I, you know what? That's, man. Now I'll watch me some Rick and know. Morty. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the call, I Dave. It's funny. Them. It's hilarious. That is strange. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't take you for a uh, Miami fan. Uh, <laughs> I, on the other hand, am a bit of a fan of the uh, University of Miami. However, I'm also a bit of a fan of the University of Florida. So there you go. Yeah, I mean, I might have bet, it, uh, bet on that thing, but I was paralyzed by not caring very much or even <laughs> knowing that the game was going to happen. <laughs> or knowing how much you, you gambled. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Back to the story from Reason.com about public sector unions. How does a public sector union work? Easy. First, the state creates a monopoly. The monopoly forces taxpayers to fund those workers, whether they do a good job or not. The union then coerces the workers to pay the dues regardless of whether or not they want to. Then the union uses the dues to help fund political advocacy that perpetuates their monopoly and the union's influence. So, in other words, racketeering. Yeah. Among many significant problems with this arrangement, the most obvious is is that it's an assault on freedom of association. If there's another organization in American life that has a license to compel workers to participate in their non-governmental organizations simply to secure a job. I I haven't heard of it. This this is the author here saying I. The Supreme Mm. Court recently uh, heard oral arguments in Janus versus AFSCME. This was written in uh, 2018, but it's still pretty relevant. In a case in which a man named Mark Janus, a non-union child support specialist in Illinois argued that his First Amendment rights were violated because he was forced to pay agency fees to the public sector union. It was dismaying, though not unexpected, that the during oral arguments, Justices Ruth Bader Ginsburg, Elena Kagan, and Sonia Sotomayor concerned themselves with the impact the decision would have on union membership, rather than concerning themselves with the impact this kind of policy has on the Constitution. But not as many people would join unions if we didn't force them at gunpoint. That doesn't really make a difference. Who would pick the cotton, right? It's a crappy <laughs> argument. Um, you know, the argument is whether or not slavery or uh, being forced into a coercion into a union or whatever is constitutional or e- in the case of uh, Supreme Court or ethical in the case of everybody else. Right. So Mm -hmm. if you're sitting on the Supreme Court worrying about what it's going to do to union membership, you aren't doing your job and you're not acting like an ethical human being. So strike two. It is not the job of the uh, Supreme Court to make sure that the unions are fully manned. No, that is the job of union uh, bosses, uh, the people that go out there and do that. And again, I have no problem with people getting together in a club Mm -hmm. and in that club, they determine what, I don't know, work conditions should be like, 
whether it's wages or I, I don't know who they're, whatever, whatever you want to talk about in your club, that's mm-hmm. your business. But once you start using the government to force people to do things, well, then you're then you're in the area of coercion. Mm-hmm. And I'll admit, employers of the past have not always been perfect. And certainly labor unions made life better in certain ways for certain workers at certain times. However, they made things worse for other workers at the same time. Yeah, well, um, yeah, I think that, you know, the, the unions would claim the 40-hour work week and the two-day weekend and a few other things. I would claim regarding that that in the same way that Barack Obama didn't break the glass ceiling when it came to a black president, he proved mm-hmm. that there wasn't one because, you know, Americans voted him in and mm-hmm. – a majority of the people who voted for him weren't black, so there you go. Um, it, it proved that Americans would vote for a black man for president. In the mm-hmm. same way, um, when these unions got things like 40-hour work weeks for whatever for their employees, and at some point or another these things were made um, you know, standardized, mm-hmm. it just proved that that's what the marketplace was looking for, at the, the labor market was looking for at the time. Well... I don't know, because, you know, there's a lot of people like I've been in a position where I was working 40 hours at one job and I had to get a second job because I couldn't get more hours at the job I was working. Why? Because there's supposed to be a 40 hour work week. Well, what about people who don't want a 40 hour work week? Why should that be forced on us? Uh, Certainly understood. The vast majority of media coverage on the topic similarly relied on uh, euphemism-heavy stories that did everything possible to avoid avoid words like compelling, forcing, or coercing. Most outlets frame the entire case as a concerned partisan attack, excuse me, concerted partisan attack on unions and, by extension, the Democratic Party. As a matter of legality, the intentions of those involved shouldn't matter much, but the reason different political groups attack public sector unions is that the institution's survival often rests on coercing Americans and undermining the First Amendment. If stripping a political advocacy group of power to force workers into joining their effort is a crippling event, then it's an event worth celebrating. And I agree. What about you? 855-450-3733. It's 855-450-FREE here on Free Talk Live. Hello, everyone. This is Courtney Shrem, and I want to invite you to join my husband and I, Charlie Shrem, on his new show, Untold Stories, for a deep dive into crypto history with the people who made that history. Together, we'll explore the personalities and events that gave rise to Bitcoin and the crypto revolution, the innovation, the collaboration, the battles, and the busts. You'll have a front row seat to the early days of crypto up to today. And you'll hear it from the folks who lived through it and survived to drive this movement mainstream. Untold Stories looks back to reveal what inspired some of the greatest minds on earth to come together to create this technology and change the future for everyone. So join Charlie and his guests, the techies and the traders, the entrepreneurs and the innovators, as they explore our past and understand what that means for the future. It's Free Talk Live. 
live Labor Day edition. Mark with you and nobody. Number 855-450-3733. It's 855-450-FREE if you want to call in and talk about, well, public sector labor labor unions or anything else. Yep. That's what we do here. First, I want to tell you about Balance of Nature, new advertiser here on Free Talk Live. And, you know, you can make whatever claims you want about any given nutritional supplement, but what Balance of Nature is, is it's capsules with dehydrated fruits and vegetables in them. And I think we all know that it's pretty darn close to impossible to overdose on uh, fruits and vegetables and that eating more of them is good. I've never had a doctor tell me, well, son, you're going to have to cut down on the fruits and vegetables. For good reason. I probably don't eat enough. But, you know, I do attempt to eat fruits and vegetables. And what I found is Balance of Nature is helping me get more fruits and vegetables in my diet. As a matter of fact, if you take three of the uh, fruit capsules, let's see, with uh, just uh, three of the Balance of Nature fruit capsules and three of their vegetable capsules, you get 10 servings of fruits and vegetables. And that's a lot of nutrition. Uh, Good nutrition is a key to looking and feeling great. However, eating right all the time can be a challenge, as we all know. Travel and work schedules can get in the way, or you may not have the desire or time to shop and cook the right foods. So for a limited time, you can get free shipping plus a free set of fruits and veggies. Go to balanceofnature.com and use the coupon code FTL. It's balanceofnature.com and it's coupon code FTL. They have several products there, and I've experimented with them. I find them to be high quality. Balanceofnature.com, coupon code FTL. Back to the Reason article here. As it is, workers in union-heavy industries typically under are typically under incredible pressure to join. In my experience, there's the author here, um, there are a few bullies bigger than the union boss in everyday American life. Yet general union membership continues to crater. Those who resist these efforts are often accused of being free riders because they purportedly benefit from the collective bargaining but refuse to pay in. This is an exceptionally peculiar argument coming from an organization for which the central mission, as far as I can tell, is to ensure that the least effective workers are protected at the expense of the most effective workers. More than that, though, the entire case against Janus not only rests, this is the Supreme Court case that uh, went on last year, not only rests on coercion, but on a debatable, if not obvious, notion. John Doe must join a union because he has already benefits from the collective bargaining negotiations, union advocates argue. Well, does he? Even if we concede that the collective bargaining negotiations might raise the average salary of teachers, it may very well depress his salary. It is uh, just an easy, it's just as easy to argue that the collective bargaining hurts the good teacher. Public sector unions are not only arguing that workers must join a collective and subvert their individual rights, but they must accept an ideological contention in many states. And this is really, I mean, ultimately true. If they're bargaining for everybody to get paid the same thing, of mm-hmm. course, they're bargaining for everybody to get paid higher than what the median would be. Anyway, and let's say they achieve that, that doesn't mean they reach the value of the highest and most productive employee that for which they're bargaining. 
As a matter of fact, it pretty much guarantees that they don't. Yeah, it's 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 yeah. highly unlikely. You have to pay the good workers less if you're going to pay the bad workers more. <laughs> it's true. In many cases, public sector unions don't have collective bargaining rights. Yet, as I write this, every school in all 55 counties of one of those states, West Virginia, where the average teacher's salary is a bit higher than the average workers, are now closed due to an illegal teacher strike. This is from last year, as I said. Most of those average workers in West Virginia have no choice when it comes to their children's education. Yet nearly every story about this situation focuses on the plight of the poor teachers rather than powerless parents. On one hand, we hear the teachers unions are vital to the economy because teachers would take a far would make far less in the private sector. And there seems to be some evidence for this, that teachers tend in private schools tend to make a little less, but they go there and they do it anyway. And one would presume mm-hmm. it's for ideological reasons. And it's well, also presumed that they enjoy their jobs. Yeah. One thing that uh, that I have read is that surveys show that uh, teachers working for uh, private schools, although they tend to make less on average, they... Uh, they report a higher average job satisfaction. Yeah. And, you know, part of the reason for this is public schools can't kick a child out, even if he's evil. <laughs> uh, whereas <laughs> private schools don't undertake, in general, in most cases, to educate evil children. So that's going to make it a lot more pleasant to teach in a private school you don't have people throwing things at you repeatedly they might throw something at you once but after that they're not there anymore yeah that's absolutely true and if you've uh, all you got to do is spend a little time around uh public school teachers at least in my experience is that you find some people who have pretty high level of dissatisfaction with their jobs and it's probably because the people they work with you can't get rid of them mm-hmm and once a an atmosphere at a given uh, job place, workplace, kind of turns sour, mm-hmm. it doesn't come back easily. It's not like you find a group of employees that go from being unhappy to being happy. They go mm-hmm. from surly to less surly, and that's really pretty much the only thing you can do. You can give them some more money, and then they pipe down for a little while, and that's about it. Um, you know, in schools, there's a lot of things for teachers to complain about, you know, crappy buildings that they work in. They're getting old textbooks. The money's being spent improperly, low wages, horse, you know, students they can't get rid of behavior problems. I mean, there's all kinds of things for them to uh, complain about, but there seems to be a higher level of job satisfaction among uh, private sector teachers. Yep. Going on, in the next breath, we hear them argue that teachers are substantially underpaid compared to uh, what others earn in the private sector. So there's a simple way to find out how much public sector employees are worth individually, and that's breaking the union's monopoly. I don't think you can find out what public sector employees are worth individually by breaking the union's monopoly. We have uh, cities, towns, counties, states even, where they don't have public sector unions. I think there's some, some states where it's even outlawed. But, you know, that's you can't find the value because the people paying the paychecks aren't doing the negotiating. And they aren't paying with their own money. Right. Uh, somebody who owns a business is going to 
be a more enthusiastic negotiator because every single dollar that's spent comes out of his pocket. If I run a radio, if I own a radio station, I'm going to be the one who's you know bargaining with the DJs and the uh, traffic director and you know whomever on the the wages that they get, mm-hmm. and I'm going to have to pay enough to retain them. And the better ones are going to be offered more elsewhere, so I'm going to pay them more in order to retain them. But when it comes to public sector employees, I don't care what the uh, whether it's teachers or garbage men or what it is, you are the one who pays through your taxes, and mm-hmm. no one ever asks you what you think about a given employee or whatever. Try to get one of them fired. Mm. You're not their boss. You're just the one forced to pay. And if you're forced yeah. to pay, but you don't get to make any decisions, what does that make you? A great example of this is uh, uh, New York City teachers. They have places in New York City's City that they call rubber rooms. Oh, yes. And the rubber rooms are where they store teachers that are too dangerous to be allowed around students, but can't be fired. That's right. What kind of school can't fire a teacher that's too dangerous to have around students. Dangerous or the unwanted, just bad, whatever the reason is, is that if they're sitting in a room doodling in order to get their paycheck, New York, I mean, you're, you're being ripped off. Yep. 855-450-3733. It's 855-450-FREE. Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live, live Labor Day edition. It's Mark with you. And nobody. Actually reading an article from 2018 here, but I think it's important to discuss the notion of public sector unions. And Free Talk Live is probably going to take a different stance on public sector unions than any other radio program does, conservative or liberal. That's because Free Talk Live is a different sort of show. Free Talk Live, we're pro-liberty. That's human freedom. Every issue, every time. And that's not what you're finding on talk radio around America. If you like that and you want more of it, if you want those ideas to spread and you want to see us on more radio stations and downloaded by more podcast listeners, there's one simple solution. Go to amp.freetalklive.com and give us five bucks a month. Now, five bucks a month is not the kind of money that the average person is going to miss. But with five bucks a month, we're able to get on more radio stations. We're able to get more podcast downloads. And podcasters like Ryan Lang support us. Ryan Lang's, uh, I think it's Lang or Langey. Um, anyway. Ryan, thanks. <laughs> He's a silver amplifier over at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp, A-M-P, amp.freetalklive.com. This article from Reason says if Americans, finishes up here, if Americans want to join organizations that undercut initiative and achievement to slide employees into safe, predetermined slots regardless of ability or work ethic, that's their business. If they want to break the law and blackmail entire communities who have no choice but to walk um, away, they should be fired. 
If they want to force coworkers to pay for their political activities, they should be stopped. And if they claim that most teachers want to willingly participate in union efforts, the only way to find out is by giving those public sector employees a choice. And like I said, that was uh, David Hartsony, and he's the senior editor of The Federalist and an author. And I think that he makes some good points. By the way, I wanted to uh, go over that uh, the the Supreme Court's ruling regarding Janice uh, here, Janice versus AFSCME, which was referenced in the the story. Neither an agency fee nor any other payment to the union may be deducted from a non-member's wages, nor may any other attempt be made to collect such a payment unless the employee affirmatively consents to pay. By agreeing to pay, non-members are waiving their First Amendment rights, and such a waiver cannot be presumed. Rather, to be effective, the waiver must be freely given and shown by clear and compelling evidence. Unless employees clearly and affirmatively consent before any money is taken from them, this standard cannot be met. So, And that comes from the decision, not the dissent? That's the decision, right? So, That's the good. Supreme Court's decision. So at this point, no one can be forced into uh, to pay dues in a public sector uh, union. But I don't think that's the end of the story. Personally, mm. I'm of the opinion that you, the taxpayer, I don't think any of us have gotten away without paying all the taxes. So we're all taxpayers, whether we like it or not. Yeah. You, the taxpayer, um, are forced into this relationship with these employees. So you pick your particular area of the government. I'm going to go ahead and say garbage collection. Now, I'm not going after the garbage collectors, but I kind of am. Here in Keene, New Hampshire, we have garbage collectors. But those garbage collectors are private, and we have several different companies that will come around, and they'll pick up your trash. If you want your trash picked up once a week, they'll do that. If you want to pick it up twice a week, they'll do that. They'll take your garbage away from you. They'll they'll do the recycling for you. They'll do whatever you want. Whatever level of service you're looking for, you can get it. Or you can go to the transfer station or the dump, depending on which town or city or whatever you're in in the given area, and you can drop it off yourself. That's what I choose to do. Every Saturday morning, my son, who is effectively my garbage collector because he has to go around the house and pick them all up out of their spots and, you know, throw them into the big bag. And then we have to do the kitty litter and then all the stuff we picked up from the dog in the bags out front. He really doesn't like that. I take care of that. I pick up that bucket and I dump it in for him because he doesn't want his little fingers on any of that. Yeah. <laughs> but otherwise, he goes and, and does it all. And then we go to the dump. And, you know, you put the recycling in the one thing and you put the garbage in the other and then there's, you know, household, you know, whatever. There's all kinds of different uh, metal, scrap metal. And that's the level of service we want. Now, we don't have a choice as to whether or not we pay for the transfer station. Hmm. And I don't have good arguments for what happens if you let people voluntarily pay for the transfer station? Because I think that there's a lot of evidence that some people will just hard hide their garbage rather than paying. Uh, they'll they'll dump on the side of the road or whatever mm-hmm. they'll do. Don't but, you have to pay when you dump at the uh, transfer station? Though? No, uh, it's included in in the uh, or it, you know the remarkably high 
property taxes. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, yes, um, but they, they'll give you stickers for your vehicles, and they make sure that the license plate's right on it. That way you're not coming in and sneaking in. Then again, I don't know how. Uh, nobody's checking these things that I, I've ever seen. But, um, you know, in other towns, when I've lived in Sarasota, Florida, for instance, I paid <laughs> those garbage men. They're like, oh, well, I'm not picking that up. That's too heavy. Oh, these little uh, branches that you've got laying out here, they're not exactly the right length of uh, length. Oh, now you've cut them the right length? Well, now they need to be bound in bundles. Whatever the complaint is, always you know, always happening. I'm not getting that from my private sector uh, garbage men here. Now, I've never had the uh, – well, I did at one point. I've rarely had a garbage pickup since I've been here. But Ian, my normal co-host, he's got garbage pickup. And sufficiently small values of normal. Right. (laughs) And and his experience with it is entirely positive. And the amount that he's paying, well, it's Mm -hmm. commensurate with what was on the bill for garbage pickup in Sarasota, Florida. So you could have bad customer service Mm -hmm. twice as often as good customer service um, here in Keene, New Hampshire. And, you know, it's, uh, it's up to you if you want to do that, ladies and gentlemen. But... You're forced. You don't have an option. If you decide, I don't like these garbage men, you can call and complain, and maybe it'll get back to them. Maybe they'll mm-hmm. shape shape up, or maybe they'll start following the rules exactly with you, and the rules are probably not in your favor because you didn't get to write them. Mm-hmm. So you got to pay. You don't write the rules. You don't hire the employees. You don't decide what they're paid. Nothing. You have no control. You have the ability to complain. Welcome to America, where you're free to complain and own guns. That's it. The only thing that really needs to be done by government is those things that the people don't want. Because if the people want a thing, they'll pay for it themselves. They don't have to be forced. And it's when they don't want a thing that they have to be forced. I think that there's a pretty good argument for that, that there's... Uh, that. You know, basically, if they want it, they're going to pay for it. That's pretty obvious here with uh, garbage pickup in this Mm -hmm. uh, general vicinity. I could pay for garbage pickup if I wanted to, but I don't. Right. I'd much rather take it to the transfer station myself. Mm -hmm. And, well, end of story. However, like I said, I still haven't been able to solve that little conundrum in my head about the transfer station. So let me lay it out for you, ladies and gentlemen. And you can call in at 855-450-3733 and tell me a free market solution to this. Because this is one of those ones that I, I haven't been able to, to come up with the best solution for. The You've got to pay for what effectively is the dump. The transfer station's the dump. And that's where you put your garbage. Well, I'd be happy to pay for it because that's where I want to put my garbage. But there are people who make less money have a lot bigger problems in their lives. Um, I don't know. Think about the meth heads or whatever. And, you know, maybe they can get the, um, you know, the social skills, the, you know, together to put a garbage can out in front of their house, but they can't uh, put the social skills together to get their garbage uh, to the dump themselves. And there's certainly people like this. And what are they going to do with their garbage? Well, some of them are going to take it and they're going to find a dumpster someplace and use somebody's dumpster, which... You know, isn't doesn't it doesn't confront me, but it's wrong. Um, 
or they're going to find some place to dump their garbage that nobody sees them doing it, and then just leaving trash around, basically littering effectively. Mm-hmm. And I've, you know, I had a piece of property here where somebody was just dumping bottles and, you know, metal and stuff in this one particular area. I had to dig it all up because the pigs kept cutting their noses on the, the broken glass. So, hmm. yeah, you know, it isn't the easiest problem to solve. 855-450-3733. It's 855-450-FREE, as in Free Talk Live, or... You can call us in the Discord lines and sound like you're right in the studio. Discord.freetalklive.com. Go there, download the app, and uh, the on-air call-in lines are available to you. There's three of them. Discord.freetalklive.com. Ike was such a sweet, lovable animal, and people would want to pet him, and they'd come up, and they'd get close to him, and it would be this instant, oh, my dad didn't want to touch him. It's like, ooh, get the stinky dog away from me. Even after we'd give her a bath, she would still stink. Very stinky, both bad breath and bad gas. I asked the vet, and he said, some dogs are just stinky. Does your dog itch, scratch, stink, or shed like crazy? Come to Dynavite for help. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. The omega-3 fatty acids. Flaxseed, zinc, alfalfa. The digestive enzymes that are cooked out of regular dog food. The ingredients convinced me that it was definitely worth trying. After about a week, he started smelling normal. My husband and I were really kind of astonished. Dynavite is nutrition. 859-428-1000. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live, live Labor Day edition. It's Mark with you. And nobody. And you can call in and talk about whatever you want on Free Talk Live. That's why we call it Free Talk Live, for goodness sakes. It couldn't be more clear. Could I? The number, 855-450-3733. It's 855-450-FREE, as in freedom. There was yet another terrible mass shooting uh, that went on in Texas. And yeah, there was a there was one in uh, just a couple of weeks ago in Texas, and we're hearing about a lot of these mass shootings going on, and I think it's worth looking at gun violence as a whole because the claims are coming more and more. Uh, they're getting louder and more clarion for something to be done, and something will be done. By the government, the government will do something in order to prevent mass shootings. That something will fail because mass shootings are already illegal. It's true. And it's already illegal for people who've committed terrible crimes to get guns and all kinds of things. Mm -hmm. So the illegality of these things isn't going to change anything. This isn't the island of Great Britain or even New Zealand, where they're having a very difficult time collecting uh, the rifles that they've just recently made illegal. This country, unlike all the rest, has, I mean, it's its basically two firearms per person in the country. Yay! And <laughs> We need to get those numbers up, though. Those are rookie numbers? Those are rookie numbers. And 
that is like it's just not all you're going to do. Like uh, the, the old saying is, is if you um, outlaw guns, then only outlaws have guns, which means that if you're out making guns illegal, then the good people that currently have guns are going to be left undefended when the bad people want to come along with their guns and do bad things to them. Well, when you outlaw guns, people become outlaws. Some do. Hopefully. Some do. Yeah, you know, um, because but, the thing to but do some will turn them in at that point. That's when you know that the time has come to fight. It's like consider a kidnapping. What's your last chance to fight? It's right before they tie you up or otherwise incapacitate you. Mm-hmm. If you let them incapacitate you, you they own you. Yeah, they can do what they want. So. You know, if if there is a time to launch a second American revolution or third or fourth, depending on how you count it, uh, then it would be when they started passing more gun laws. Well, it should have been done over the over the machine gun bans, because what we need is not AR-15s, it's M-16s. I don't know that uh, you know that, that having a fully automatic weapon is going to be particularly useful for you in uh, any kind of uh, takeover. I think that um, yeah, I, I, you know, I think that already we're outgunned and you're going to lose a lot of people. But I think that if people would have stood up against the gun confiscation laws when they occurred uh, initially, mm-hmm. um, then there might have been you know th- th- there might be more freedom now. The but the reality is is most of these people are like we want common sense gun laws and they're only going to take them from these people or those and that's people. from people with no common sense right they're gonna they're gonna make these red flag laws that say uh, you know that if you've you've been reported by somebody to be mentally ill or whatever they're gonna take your guns away for a period mm-hmm. of time till they determine that it's time for you to get them back or whatever and you know who knows mm-hmm. if the person who reported you is going to do something bad to you in that amount of time who knows so how many people have been killed in American history in America. In, in mass shootings, do you think? I couldn't tell you, but I would say that it's, um, you're talking about civilian mass shootings. You're talk, talking about when the government yes. goes into a, an Indian village and mows everybody down. Yeah, I mean, that was the worst mass shooting like- in history was at Wounded Knee, 216 people killed, uh, in, worst in American history, but that was done by the military right after they turned in their guns. So don't expect mercy if you turn in your guns expect ugly death <laughs> so um i would guess that it numbers in the thousands would be my guess and mass shootings depending on how you define it that's the mm. other part of uh, mass shootings that gets so murky is is that um right. so is it a is it a, a multiple number of gun shots mm-hmm yeah, you know, where is it? Because when I think yeah, of a mass shooting, I'm thinking of a mall, a school, uh, you know, maybe that guy that was up in the uh, shooting on a concert mm-hmm. from Las Vegas. Yeah, know. well, mostly they define mass shooting by both what it is and what it's not. The official definitions uh, say that it's uh, um, a shooting of over four people um, where the shooters... Um, basically it's not gang related because of course there are many more mass shootings that are gang related than there are gang related than there are, uh, you know, other mass shootings, but those don't get counted. Um, 
Yeah, people uh, people don't really care whether gangs shoot each other up. I honestly right. don't. I mean, if, you, if they, the gangs want to shoot each other up, go right ahead. I don't yeah. care. And Please the don't other, hit anybody. The other, uh, the other things, but, you know, it's significantly less than 10,000 people, I'm pretty sure, in the United States, all told. Well, guess what? The Chinese government mass shot 10,000 people. People in Tiananmen Square on one day. Did they really? Yes, they did. Oh, I didn't know they 10, murdered did. ten thousand, and most people don't don't know that. No. They don't admit that, but that I believe is the pretty standard uh, standard number. Like I think that's uncontested enough to be the number on Wikipedia, um, which not necessarily it's well, a good source if you want to find out what people believe, but not necessarily what's true. <laughs> the <laughs> um yeah uh, i mean police in uh, in the united states uh, shoot more than a thousand people generally per year which is way more than die in mass shootings now i'm per year i think what people are afraid of when it comes to mass shootings is is that they think to themselves and i do think this to myself is that if i um you know if i'm not some kind of criminal or whatever the chances are good that i'm not going to get shot by a cop um, but well, if that depends. These people who went to this concert never imagined for the life of them that that was going to occur. There's certainly which concerts this? Uh, the concert I was talking about. Was oh, okay, you're Las talking Vegas. about the Las Vegas concert. Yeah. yeah. So you know that like a mass shooting could just happen to anybody yeah. anywhere. So it's terrifying in that way. Who lived above the cop in 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 Texas? And she showed up at his apartment, and she basically he opened the door. He, she shot him, and then said, "Oh, sorry, wrong, wrong door." That, that happened. Yeah, uh, you know. Or the when they when the uh, he uh, didn't cops... expect that either. <laughs> no, he when... didn't see that coming. He didn't think, "I'll bet that neighbor of mine downstairs is going to whack me one no. day." I I would agree with you that there are certainly a number of shootings uh, per year that are completely beyond the pale when it comes to police. But I think a lot of them have to do with, you know, people are holding, bringing a knife to a gunfight and a variety of things like that. So I'm not not justifying. I'm just saying that if I were to categorize the shootings the police made Mm -hmm. and base it on would I have been in this circumstance, right? Like Mm -hmm. certainly a cop could come to my door, think it's their house and shoot me. Yes, that Mm. could happen. To anybody. But, um, you know, if I happen to be sitting in the car with uh, somebody who's, you know, wanting to wave a gun at a cop or something, well, I'm not going to be there generally. That's not going to be where I'm at. So I'm just saying mm-hmm. that America, it's not, I'm not justifying any of this. I'm just saying Americans are terrified of mass shootings because they're so unexpected. Uh, well, I mean, they shouldn't be unexpected because they do happen from time to time. Um, you know, it's just one of those things where. No matter who you are, no matter where you go, you might find yourself in a security situation where you have to defend yourself. And the question is, are you going to expect that reality or are you going to deny that reality? I want to read this article from the Foundation for Economic Education about mass shootings, and I think it's uh, got some important information in it that we all need to know. The number, 855-450-3733. Your thoughts on mass shootings, 855-450-FREE. Free Talk Live, Live Labor Day edition. 
Mark with you. And nobody. You can call in and discuss whatever you want tonight. We did go over public sector unions, but uh, now we're talking about this article here from the Foundation for Economic Education. Mass shootings are a horrible way to understand gun violence. And we'll go on with that here, but we also have to take your calls. First, I want to tell you about my pillow. Not my pillow specifically. My pillow that I have is a my pillow, which is a brand. And you know, it's important to have a good pillow. I've had lots of different pillows in my life. As a matter of fact, I've been traveling recently and I found that these down pillows are still out there. If you're sleeping on a down pillow, throw that thing away. Yes, I used one for many, many years, and I thought it was the best pillow you could get. That's what I was told. My grandmother used one. What could possibly be wrong with it? It deflates at night. That's what happens. Your head goes from being in a good position, which is you know your head and your spine being essentially in a straight line. That's what you want. You don't want your head cocked up or cocked down either direction. You want it straight. I'll keep my head uncocked. Thank you. <laughs> but a, uh, these down pillows, they just flatten out on you. They're terrible. My pillow is designed to help you get a good night's sleep. Not only will it keep your head and neck in the right position, which is extremely important. You can hear me talking about that. Um, but you can wash this thing. Try washing a down pillow. The only thing you can do is dump all the feathers out, and God knows what that's going to do to your allergies, and then uh, wash the, 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 the thing that holds the feathers, I don't know, the, the sort of that interior case thing, and then the liner, I don't know what you call it, and then dump them all back in and, in some cases, sew it back up um, or zip I'm it up. I'm not down with that. And I'm, not, I'm not down with it either. Um, but but my pillow it has a sixty day money back guarantee so you've got nothing to lose go to mypillow.com get two my pillow premium pillows for one low price and get free shipping on all orders when you use the promo code FTL remember if you don't like your my pillow you have sixty days to return it for a refund of your purchase price that's mypillow.com promo code FTL and I love it I'll continue to advocate for this pillow because it's great my pillow. Com, coupon code FTL. Let's go to Joel calling in from Arizona. Joel, you're on Free Talk Live. How are you doing, guys? All's well. What's on your mind? Uh, well, I just, you know, I'm just really tossed to and fro on this. Uh, you know, the violence, the mass shootings, yeah, they're obviously just crazy, cowardly, stupid, horrible, all of the above. And then, but then again, it just goes reversed on the fact that, that the guns are killing the people and it's really the people. And then then it goes to the red flag flag situation where people, uh, I know somebody personally that his girlfriend was mad at him and because of a divorce. And so she called a red flag on him. The guy lost all of his guns. He's never had a violent bone in his life. He goes to church all the time. He's always been mild tempered. And he just lost all of his rights. Now he has it on his record that he's up this mental person. And the courts didn't even give him a hearing. Yeah. I don't even understand how that even works. Well, so, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's just—it's because everybody's scared. That's how. <laughs> yeah, well, I know, but if you're scared, that doesn't mean you can go around and just start flapping your mouth that everybody's crazy. Because you know what? I'll be honest—I think everybody's crazy in their own way. I, but there's I, people uh, that are really seriously mentally ill. And I just think that they need to be rooted out a little bit more careful, rather than being used to ruin someone's life just because. I just think that's an open gun 
for anybody to use on anybody to ruin their lives. I would say that our society has become so twisted that anybody who isn't crazy is nuts. <laughs> um, you know, there's no being well adjusted to a profoundly sick society is not a sign of health. Yeah, when I um, I mean, there's obviously people I've met in my life that I don't want to see with a handgun, right? These these people are mentally ill, sufficiently I agree with mentally you. ill. <laughs> You know, like you know, you're walking See, along, you're it, squatting at uh, imaginary flies, and 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 chatting somebody who's not there up. Yeah, mm-hmm. perhaps they you shouldn't have a handgun. The chances that that person manages to put together the life skills to get a handgun are slim. But um, you know, I don't I don't want them to have it. So mm-hmm. I can say yes. I will agree that there are people who have you know are sufficiently mentally ill that they shouldn't have a handgun. But I really. But that's why I say that's why I'm to and fro because yep. even if you say you can't have a gun, the criminals are still going to get it. That's what they do for a living. Mm. Yeah. Then they end up yeah. having the guns, and we don't have any guns. That doesn't even make sense. Right. I'm a convicted They're felon. Break the laws. Felon. I don't care how many laws you pass. They're going to get them. Right. I'm a convicted felon, and it's against the law for me to own a handgun. Now, what I like to tell people when they say, well, well, that's that's just the way it is. You shouldn't have committed the crime. And I agree, right? Like, I shouldn't have. I can't go back in time. wish I could undo it. But And now I've got to live for, let's see, I've been uh, out of prison for more than two decades. I've got a family. I can't defend that family the way that everybody else can because I'm uh, you know disarmed. So what I am is this law-abiding ex-con who doesn't own the uh, the firearm but if i wanted to get one who among us thinks it's going to take me 24 hours <laughs> who do, who thinks that I, no i no. i agree with that i agree with that i, you know, I know I who your friends are so yeah definitely <laughs> banned from guns like that because you did time yeah. I mean, two decades ago i don't think that i don't i think that needs to be fixed just i mean if you're going to keep guns from criminals or felons like you say you are then why are they allowing them to vote? They won't let them vote, but they, you know. Well, I, there's some, most that, states they can really vote. Yeah, we can vote in New Hampshire. I mean, but they'll throw a red flag on a totally nice guy like my friend, but they won't let a criminal vote. I mean, what, what's, mm. what, I just. It doesn't just make any so sense. It it really frustrated. makes none at all. <laughs> Thank you for the call, Joel. Appreciate it. You got 855-450-3733. It's 855-450 free as in freedom we already have laws against shooting people you don't need to make it so that felons don't get guns because here i this is my favorite example on this particular one it is legal uh federally legal for felons to possess a black powder pistol in all 50 states now some states have rules against it at least one does um but it is it's legal from a federal level in most states it is legal for a felon to have a black powder pistol. So if the legality of the weapon is what causes the crime, then please, ladies and gentlemen, show me the news story of the felon that robbed a liquor store with a black powder pistol. (laughs) I mean, this is it. This is crystal clear. It is legal for a felon to have a black powder pistol. Mm -hmm. So you would think if these laws did one thing besides throw law-abiding uh, ex-cons back in prison, one thing of social value that you would be able to show. Look, hey, look, here's where the felons go and rob the liquor stores with black powder pistols. But no, this is a pointless law that's based completely on emotion. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, absolutely. And it can be egregiously misused. I was arrested last year in Bedford because amongst all my other tools, I had a machete in my trunk and I'm a felon for selling weed. Now, this isn't technically illegal in the state of New Hampshire, but I'm still facing charges. I will still go on trial. It will still cost me hundreds of dollars for an attorney. And I still spent two days in jail over this. 855-450-3733. Tell me why felons shouldn't have guns. 855-450-FREE. Does your dog itch, scratch, stink, or shed like crazy? Come to Dynavite for help. Order a 90-day supply of Dynavite. Dynavite is nutrition. Pick up two bottles of Lico Chops. Get the third bottle free. New improved Lico Chops with omega-3, omega-6, vitamin E. And now, six extra direct-fed microbials. Even better for the digestive tract and immune system. Try Lico Chops. Buy two, get one free. At Dynavite.com. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Free Talk Live. Call in and talk gun snatching here on Free Talk Live. The number, 855-450-3733. It's Mark with you. And nobody. Live Labor Day edition. Let's go right to the phones. Got Ron calling in from New York. Listening to WGGO. Ron, you're on Free Talk Live. That's a firearms instructor I grew up with. You shouldn't blame the gun. That would be like uh, blaming Ford Motor Company. Some idiot. Gets I'm having trouble hearing you, Ron. Um, can Can you talk right into your phone? Yeah, sure. Okay. Uh, that's a firearms instructor. I think all felons should lose their privilege. Okay. And on the other hand, uh, you shouldn't really blame the gun. It'd be like blaming Ford Motor Company for an accident that a DUI guy had. And uh, my other topic, I talked to your call screener. Got sure. a couple of these. Well, wait, wait, let's let's address the topic that you, you just threw out there that felons shouldn't be able to have guns mm-hmm. in front of two felons. So, um, let me you know let me let me make let's a counter. Here. I'm willing to concede that it is bizarre to hand out Berettas to everybody who walks out of prison. I'm with you, mm-hmm. right? Like that yeah. doesn't seem like a good idea. But don't you okay. think it should be easier to get back your right to keep and bear arms than, say, going in front of the governor and getting clemency? Okay, but if you you are a felon and you are in prison, how can you do that? I mean, if it was a nonviolent crime, was there some kind of uh, stipulation you mean, that you well, prove not guilty while you're there? I'll, I'll give you my answer is I'm a felon because I sold some weed to a heroin addict. Okay, okay. So that was a nonviolent crime. I think something like that, it was absolutely nonviolent and you're not a threat to society, that maybe the NRA or somebody would come in and say, okay, okay, this is something, maybe the guy was 16, 17, 22 years old, he sold some, some marijuana to somebody and it got caught in it like that. And maybe they would say, okay, the NRA wants to be on a shooting team. I think I would make some kind of an allowance for you on somebody like that. Instead of somebody that were just robbed a bank with a gun, we're not going to give them a gun again. I yeah. see your point. Yeah, well, I mean, well, I mean, the thing is, when the banks rob you, it becomes rational to rob the bank. 
<laughs> I hear you. So the um, obviously people can't have guns in prisons, and uh, you know I'm willing to concede that uh, that there needs to be a, a period of time that one might prove oneself mm-hmm. to be a law-abiding citizen. But you will concede that there are plenty of people who get out of prison and then never, ever, ever have a run-in with the law again, right? Right. And do, would you not be willing to negotiate just a set period of time uh, that somebody is able to sort of wait after their last contact with the state? I mean probation, parole, prison, whatever it might be, um, to, you know, no problems to then being able to possess a firearm. Yeah, I think you should have made an allowance in that case, and I think it also should have been a misdemeanor, and uh, it was a nonviolent crime. Well, that's in his case. In my case, I am also a convicted felon, and I was in the room where somebody was ki- a hotel room where someone was killed. So that's a violent crime because I well being in took the a guy room to an airport. is not an act of violence. I understand, uh, but that doesn't change the fact that I was charged with a violent crime. True, true, and in my case, I have been out of prison for more than two decades, and never had a run-in with the law. And I can't own a firearm now. Now, I'm not begging you or anything here. I'm just mm. saying, like, you know, understand that I could get a gun tomorrow. And that right. this, this law only prevents me from getting it if I choose not to get it, right? Right. Yeah. And um, I think, personally, that if somebody has been out of prison... Um, they've they've beat the five year window, which make which, you know with the the most likely to return to prison. If you're going to go back to prison, you're likely to return in the first five years. Mm-hmm. Um, that if you beat that out, then eh, I don't think it should be an issue as to whether they own a gun. And I'll go on one more story. Um, gun laws in America have a have a horrifyingly racist history, mm-hmm. right? Like every time they write a law that says that uh, that that does in fact infringe the right to keep and bear arms it seems to somehow be used against black people more than other folks and i knew two guys in prison old men whose only crime was their house got th- uh, you know searched by the cops because their sons were accused of something and they found guns the, ma- the old man was a felon and off they went to prison they're they trying to put me in prison for having a machete in my trunk with my other tools. So I, I agree with you that a concealed carry permit holder is the safest person in America. They're a tenth less likely, one, you know, ten times less likely than a cop to commit a crime. Good stats. Uh, they, they are good stats. They're absolutely great stats. I love concealed carry permit holders. But I'm just saying that if somebody isn't allowed to reenter society, that... You know, bad things are going to happen. Um, you know, somebody, your house can get broken into if you're a convicted felon. Should you be able to protect your family? They can, you know, the, the people that are going to do bad things to a concealed carry permit holder are just as likely, maybe even more likely, to do it to somebody who's simply trying to live a good life and go straight. I really like to... Go ahead, Ron. You're now on a 20-year window where nothing has happened and you're completely, and maybe you were in the wrong place at the wrong time at the hotel. I don't know. I was I was certainly in the wrong place at the wrong time as a seventeen year old. the right place. I, I made very very poor decisions, and but I would contend that those decisions really didn't have to do anything to do with a person's death. However, I you know even if it did, 
Even if I was, you know, even well, there's certainly a 17-year-old out there that killed somebody who's gotten out of prison who has not uh, committed a crime thereafter. It's, you know, it's sad that that's the case, that a crime was committed, but you can't undo what's done. See, yeah, I- and there's a 20-year window that you're in now. I, I think maybe all cases should be looked on in a one-on-one and just isolated each incident. You know, maybe maybe take a look at stuff like that. Uh, discrepancy of the, of the state. See, my argument is that, um, A, we should stop putting people who haven't harmed people in prison at all, but that restrictions on gun ownership should end with probation or parole. I would go a little further than that, um, but, uh, Ron, you called in about something else, and I don't want to entirely derail you. Go ahead. ahead. Hey, I was going to mention a couple of the uh, Epstein, there's some some weird stuff going on where there's broken bones in his neck, and he was in jail, and there's no cooperation. and a couple of the girls, I know that there's three in North Jersey. They had a blog. One girl has a blog. She says, uh, understand what I'm singing about. I had the look. Young girls like myself are sought after. And there's two older girls in town she calls to producers. The older females liked my look. Obtaining me for the service is quick and easy and simple as search and click online. I start the blog casual and get to the real topic. Hone in on the changes between needs and wants. It's a toxic world. There are instances where I struggle, and I need protection. And in the same town, you got a if you Google prosecutor uh, just prosecutor Valdez arrest officer Stephen Rigorito, same town, Woodland Park, New Jersey, expose himself and solicit. They have twelve year old girls from twelve to eighteen, and the girls' lodge says um, that I'm forced to dance in skimpy outfits on poles. Is this for Epstein that she was forced to dance, or just generally forced to dance? Well, the two older females she talked about in that town, I know personally, I had a bad experience there. I was at their house, and I had to leave the house. They said, oh, we have numerous guys coming in and out of the house, and the neighbors are watching the house. We're running a kind of sex act here. So I left. And the girl says in her blog, high school girl targeted for marketing by the two older females in town. She calls the producers. Needs to beeline it out of town. The producers kept this in mind. It's a predetermined life, so desperately wish to escape. After this fact, you're forced into marriage with these guys. And this forced into marriage with whom? See, I've heard that, but you know, I've never heard anybody say this person was forced to marry that person, and there should be a matter of public record there. Thank you for the call, Ron. The number, 855-450-3733. It's 855-450-FREE, as in Free Talk Live. Talk live, live Labor Day edition. It's Mark with you, and nobody. The number eight five five four five zero three seven three three. It's eight fifty five four fifty free. This article from the Foundation for Economic Education, which I've been teasing for some time here, entitled "The Mass Shootings or Mass Shootings are a Horrible Way to Understand Gun Violence." Gun homicides have declined sharply. In recent decades, but polls show most Americans are unaware of this fact. After each mass shooting, there's an outpouring of emotion, grief, shock, sickness, anger. We saw all of these in the wake of the recent shootings in El Paso, Texas and Dayton, Ohio. This was written just before the one, the most recent uh, Texas shooting. 
And because the issue is politically charged, we saw lots of blame. Democratic presidential candidates blamed the president and his Twitter rhetoric. The president blamed video games. And yet, despite what you may have heard, the frequency of mass shootings hasn't changed much over recent decades. The frequency of mass shootings hasn't changed much over recent decades. This is the foundation for economic education, folks. Hmm. They don't make mistakes like this. In fact, such shootings are rare and account for a tiny fraction of overall gun deaths in America. And this is really, really, really important. Mm -hmm. You are terribly unlikely to be caught up in a mass shooting. If it happens, it's tragic, but it's terribly unlikely. Mm -hmm. About 33,000 people are fatally shot in the U.S. each year. About two-thirds of those deaths... So 22,000 are suicides. Now, I'm going to sound really callous right now, Rich. Mm -hmm. I don't support suicide. I think it's a coward's way out. I understand people could be drinking and just decide, have a bad moment and, you know, do whatever. But a suicide by gun, a death through suicide by gun is what? A success? Uh, Yeah. Okay. And the person did know, what they set I, out to do. I would say that to commit suicide is a basic human right. So they killed the one person they had the right to kill. Exactly. With a gun. Now, they likely left a terrible mess for someone else to clean up. You go out and do mm-hmm. it in the woods. That's one thing. But, um, you know, not everybody has access to the woods. Mm-hmm. Also, if you're shooting yourself in an apartment, where's the bullet going to go? If you're drunk, you're probably not thinking mm-hmm. of that. Look, look, I, I, I think it's, it's bad. It's certainly not good. And yes, I do believe that there are people who, in the absence of having a gun, would be alive today that committed committed suicide. But I really don't know what to do about that. I can Mm -hmm. either care about the life of people who are suicidal, or I can care about your right to keep and bear arms. I can care Mm -hmm. about one of those two things. I cannot care about both. It's not possible, Mm -hmm. because you have the right to take your own life you shouldn't do it with a gun you shouldn't do it in an occupied area i mean you probably shouldn't do it with a gun depends on the circumstances but whatever this is a success so going on that leaves eleven thousand deaths another third of these are homicides which have been steadily declining for decades what about the numbers that are yeah homicide and a mistake is the same Um, some people are killed by accident with guns Mm. right i mean i knew i had heard a hunting story guy got shot It's, it's terrible happens Mm-hmm. In 2015, some uh, 13,000 basically people were killed in the U.S. by firearms and non-suicide-related deaths. In 1993, that figure was 18,000. In most of the years in between, part of the a decades-long trend of declining gun violence, mass shooting victims accounted for less than one-tenth of one percent of shooting victims. So, every, basically, every person who's shot, every thousand people are shot, one is shot in a mass shooting. And that's, Mm -hmm. it's less than that. Less than one is shot in a mass shooting. So, mass shootings are tragic and terrible and all these sorts of things, but they are a fraction, a tiny fraction of the homicide 
deaths with guns and the much even tinier of the deaths with guns. Now, when somebody just wants to mention that 33,000 people were fatally shot in the U.S. Uh, each year, that person is likely ready to tell you some BS because they're already misrepresenting the suicides. They're throwing in the two-thirds of those deaths that are suicides. Mm-hmm. That person's already trying to lie with numbers. So watch out. If they don't say homicide, instead say um, gun deaths, you're, you have a liar on your hands. Going on, the fact that gun homicides have plummeted in recent decades, even as the number of firearms increased by about 50%. This is true. Remember that those gun deaths that occurred, occurred during the Brady uh, rules or whatever, that assault weapons, by the government's definition of what assault weapon was back then, were outlawed. More mm. people, fewer, more people were killed when the government had outlawed assault weapons than now. Now mm. that it's legal, fewer people are dying. Now, you can call that uh, correlation causation if you wish. I don't know. I wouldn't propose to know. But it's certainly not, it doesn't you know, indicate that uh, banning weapons is a solution to much of anything. Let's see. Uh, the fact that uh, gun homicides have plummet- plummeted in recent decades, even as the number of firearms is increased by 50%, and the U.S. population increased by 70 million is an important story. Unfortunately, it's one few Americans know. Guns, uh, excuse me, uh, gun polls show that, polls, excuse me, gun violence, uh, gun polls, did it again, polls show that 12% of Americans believe gun violence has declined in the U.S. Uh, Reality, they likely missed because of extended media coverage of mass shootings. This coverage is problematic for multiple reasons. So, let's see, polls show that just 12% of Americans, that likely means that at the very least, 88% 88% of Americans either don't, don't know that gun violence is decreasing. Mm-hmm. So for starters, a 2018 working paper suggested that intense media coverage of mass shootings is actually perpetuating uh, them, the, the shootings. Economist Jay Walker and Michael Jetter wanted to better understand the motives of mass shootings. They explore a three-year data set. And their findings suggest a positive, statistical, statistically significant effect of media coverage dictated to sh- uh, dedicated to shootings on the number of shootings in the subsequent week. So, apparently, according to these economists, this, the coverage that that we give mass shootings causes people to want to go out and do mass shootings, or at least mm-hmm. contributes. Let's say that. What a shock! People who want to go out in a blaze of glory, want attention. I think it's interesting when the police don't say the person's name. I kind of like that sometimes. Sometimes I don't. I'm not entirely sure. See, I'm, I'm kind of a heretic on that issue in that I think we should know what these people are actually saying. I think we should in know what their they're saying. Own words. I don't think their Facebook pages should be taken down. I don't think their tweets should be untweeted. I don't think they should be made into what the Soviets called unpeople. I think it should be considered we should find out what makes them tick. There's some really interesting things about them, including unmedicated crazy people don't do mass shootings. All mass shootings are almost exclusively done by medicated crazy people. And that's a scandal that somehow keeps failing to explode. 
Yeah, I don't know. Does that mean that the crazy people's medicine's doing it, or does it just mean that they're on the wrong meds? I mean, I, don't even, I never know what to think about that. You see, the thing is, it's if it's so hard to get medical care in the United States, you'd think there's a lot of crazy people out there who can't jump through all those hoops. So the thing that, that I don't understand is why aren't they killing more than the crazy people who are medicated? Maybe the uh, meds make the crazy people... Uh, sane enough that they can commit a mass shooting, but not, um, you know, the people that are really, really, really crazy just can't put it together. I don't know. It's possible. I don't know. I'm, I guess I'm somewhat swayed because uh, my first sponsor in AA uh, committed suicide Mm. and uh, he did it after uh, he was put on Prozac and he had never been suicidal. He was depressed, but he wasn't that bad. He didn't want to die until after the Prozac. So I'm deeply suspicious of, of uh, antidepressants and psychiatric medication. Yeah, serotonin uptake inhibitors and uh, the like. Yeah. I, don't know, I don't propose to know, but uh, there certainly seems to be a lot of talk around that, uh, you know, those drugs and mass shootings. And, you know, I don't propose to know, but I can tell you that there are statistics involving Uh, mass shootings here that people just don't know. They don't know that gun violence is decreasing in the United States. Violence is decreasing worldwide. Uh, Gun violence uh, perpetuated by non-state actors decreasing. Yeah. So what exactly are we hoping to achieve with these laws that people are talking about? Your thoughts are welcome. 855-450-3733. You're on Free Talk Live. Bitcoin.com has launched a trading platform at local.bitcoin.com, allowing you to buy or sell Bitcoin cash via dozens of payment methods like PayPal, Venmo, bank deposit, remittances, or meeting in person with cash. There are no ID requirements to sign up for and use the site, and all communications between buyers and sellers are encrypted. Finally, a global trading platform that respects your privacy. Visit local.bitcoin.com to get started trading Bitcoin cash. Local.bitcoin.com Free Talk Live. It is the live Labor Day edition here on Free Talk Live, and you are free to call in and talk live about whatever is on your mind here on Free Talk Live. That's what we do on Free Talk Live. Uh, We've been reading this story from the Foundation for Economic Education regarding uh, mass shootings. This is something that's really been on people's mind in the last month. It seems like their news stories of these are just they they they're coming at uh, record pace, and still, mass shootings are an incredibly low percentage of shootings, and shootings themselves death by you know homicide, not gun deaths, homicide deaths. Uh, gun homicide deaths um, have been decreasing. Now, their gun deaths themselves have been cre- decreasing too, but that's, you know, the two thirds of gun deaths are suicides. So it's a really unfair way to characterize what's going on. It's Mark with you, by the way. And nobody. The number is 855 450 3733. We'll get right back into this article, but let's go to David calling in from New Mexico. David, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, um, 
Peter Ginsburg, Kagan, Epstein. And uh, ticking, ticking, that's what you were trying to, trying to find. Pillow, inner case. Oh. Holds the fellow. The inner, the inner case of a pillow is called the ticking? At least that's what my grandma told me when I was like six. I'll have so. to look it up. Groovy. Yeah. Excellent. So what's on your mind? And, um, oh, uh, Kokesh. Adam Kokesh. And, uh, I, host from yeah, last night and the night before. Say again? He was host. Yeah, he was on last night and the night before. Yeah, and he had kind of indicated his first night that he his his flight didn't leave until Tuesday, so I was hoping he'd be on tonight, too, so we could talk about last night. Because I've been supporting Adam ever ever since he was here in Albuquerque on the radio, which was whatever ten years ago, nine years ago, and I and I repost uh, most or a lot of what he posts on Facebook in his pursuits. But I'm going to have to stop doing that, and I wanted to discuss that with with Adam on air here um, because he's got a habit of going on radio stations that uh, they implement this technique. I don't know if you've ever noticed that you when a when a candidate. Go or anybody else for that matter that is a guest, um, and in this case Adam Adam was also not only a guest but a co-host. Um, but they go on radio stations and then they ask for they ask for callers. I mean, they solicit callers. Hey, call in and talk about what's on your mind. You know that kind of thing. Right. You might have heard of it. Oh yes, and, we do uh, that here on Free Talk Live. Yeah. Oh, you do. Do oh okay. Um, anyway, so then people will take them up on their offer and they'll call in to comment or question to the guest you know, uh, often a political candidate that wants to have power over the people that call in. And then what the, the technique that the radio station uses is that the, the, the caller will ask a question or make a comment, you know, usually ask a question. And, and, and often they, they won't even let you comment. They want you to question only, you know, for yep. some reason it's got to be in the form of a question, like whatever game show that is, Jeopardy or whatever, I don't remember. But uh, anyway, so you ask your question, make your comment, and then – what the radio host will do, the radio station will do, is they'll immediately hit, apparently there's a couple different buttons that radio stations have, and they'll hit one that will leave the caller on the air, but mute their voice so that they, they can't utter any utterances. And then the, the, the guest, politician, uh, like in the case of Adam last night, will then supposedly answer the question, respond to the question, respond to the comment. And they say whatever, uh, but they can say whatever they want because the caller is muted and the caller cannot correct the lie or inaccuracy uh, or oversight or whatever it may be that comes out of the mouth of the politician wannabe. So how is and, that, uh, that cocaine? Then, well, if that's well, how well, because, because well, usually from my experience. From my experience, the politicians know how this game is played, especially since in the case of Adam, he, he, was a, uh, he, he ran his own radio program for six months. So he knows all about it, and he's been on many, many, many other radio programs. So he knows all about it in his case. But even if it, even if it wasn't Adam, if it was somebody else who didn't run their own radio program and they were a candidate, they would most likely know how the game is played as well because mysteriously – when they would respond to a caller's question, the, the, the caller would never still be there to, to comment anymore. They just suddenly, you know, were satisfied and gone. So but what so do you back think candidates should back, do? Do you think they should not? Back, do- to last, back, back to last night. 
I'm going to, I'm, uh, uh, I'm the one that wants to make a point. And so I'm going to continue down that line as opposed to being diverted. That's also another technique that is often used uh, intentionally or inadvertently by people at the radio station is they will redirect the caller uh, off of the intended line of questioning for whatever reason. And, and I'm going to, I'm not going to divert. I'm going to continue straight ahead. So the point is that last night, that on your radio station, um, sure. that technique was was used, and not for the first time. It's used uh, the majority of times. Uh, yeah, uh, put it in those. Generally, terms. if somebody, if I have somebody who's uh, interview on the line, um, I will try to get a caller to ask a particular question for the person to answer. Most of the time, I I don't have politicians. It's rare that I have a politician on the show. And in the case of Kokesh, he's not, I mean, you know, he's running for not president. His intention is to not take office. Or if he does take office, he's going to, you know, try to diminish the power of the office as much as he can. So he's unique in that way. We rarely have politicians on and rarely, even more rarely, are those politicians on at a time when somebody can call. But I get your point. Yeah, like that's that is exactly how things are done. And I'm. You know, it's interesting that other shows do them, too. But what I find is, is that, um, you know, personally, as a talk show host, that the callers kind of mess up the cadence of the conversation. with, And, and that is and messing up the cadence. Yeah, that is what is important in politics. We must have nice, clear cadence when we are picking the people that are going to dictate how we live our lives. That's what's important is cadence. And we can't have those pesky citizen voter constituent callers messing up the cadence on our presidential candidates. Can we? No, um, I, I'm not a politician, and uh, all I'm worried That's about is right. my radio That's right, you're not program. a politician, you're a radio, you're a radio station and host. a radio host, or whatever you want to refer to yourself, you're, and you're talking over me, and whatever you want to refer to yourself, and what, and what, you're, do, what you're doing, you know what, um, I don't, I, I, I wasn't raised to talk over other people, but I will talk over Why you because you do it to other guy. people. I, I, so, I think he should be able to say what he... I, I <laughs> I hope that there's something at the end of it. So um, I, I think what he's at trying the to end say of, is no, that, it was at the big, it was at the beginning. You guys did that last night. Ian was hosting. You yep. did it, Adam. I used to support you. I'm not going to support you anymore because you're participating in this kind of BS. Well, David, okay? hold it's on. Not well, before you go not on, oh, this guy's David, you're upset because <laughs> you didn't get as much time on the radio as you wanted, and I understand no, that. That's no, not it. Yes, that's did, not it. Are, are, are you psychic? Yeah, are you? No, I was here. You're, you're a liar. You're a liar. <laughs> okay, you're a liar, David. I was here, and you asked. Kokesh, if he knew about any, uh, you know, sort of uh, uh, bad things that were going on in the New Mexican government, he said no. I mean, end of story. He didn't know of anything. He so, did not say no. You're wrong. Listen to your own damn tape. Okay. I talked to him during you're the break, and he's like, "Was this guy trying to catch me in something?" And you know, he didn't understand what it was that you were asking. And well, he, he, he didn't oh, know really? Like did he not? Did he not? Did he not? Did he not understand? Would that be a good reason to ask a question if you don't understand what you're being asked? Isn't, isn't it common sense that you would try to clarify it? But no, the radio station silences the caller so that you cannot speak to them anymore and clarify it. Sounds like really good communication, doesn't it, Mr. Genius? Thanks for the call, David. Wow. So 
I think he makes a relatively good point that if you ask people for calls and um, on a particular topic, they call in on that topic, you probably should have a conversation with them. I think that much is good. I will say that there are certain communication styles that are uh, that people hear more than others. So, um, you know, there's that. It was a tale told by an idiot full of sound and fury signifying nothing. (laughs) 855-450-3733. Free Talk Live. Call in. Talk about whatever's on your mind. The number, 855-450-3733. It's 855-450-FREE, as in freedom. It's Mark with you. And nobody. On a live Labor Day edition. Reading an article here from the Foundation for Economic Education on mass shootings. And trying to put things in perspective. The U.S. has suffered seven mass shootings so far in 2019, and I think those numbers are now up one from this article, which is a couple of days old. These shootings have claimed the lives of 58 innocent people. If no more mass shootings occur in 2019, a big if, and clearly not true because it happened just days after this was written, mass shootings will likely account for about one-tenth of one percent of gun fatalities in the U.S., as they had said that it has been traditionally the case. About one-tenth, less than one-tenth of one percent of uh, gun fatalities in, in the U.S. are um, for mass shootings. And actually, at one-tenth of one percent is an increase. The seven shootings are uh, too many, and each of these 58 deaths is a senseless tragedy. Yet, In a nation of 320 million, people die senselessly with jarring frequency. About 10 people drowned every single day. Ten times that many die daily in motor vehicle accidents. As science writer Neil deGrasse DeGrasse Tyson pointed out, uh, we lose 500 people to medical errors and 300 people to flu every 48 hours. Which makes it super ironic that the doctors are always coming out and saying how we shouldn't have guns. Uh, maybe we shouldn't have malpractice. Often our emotions respond more to spectacle than to data, he tweeted. We should strive to better understand why people are increasingly seeking to unleash mass violence. But even as we do, we must keep mass shootings in perspective. In reality, the odds of dying in mass shootings are extremely low, not much higher than being killed by a random blast of lightning which claims about 44 Americans annually. Perhaps more impo- most importantly, we mourn the victims and try to understand what's happening. We must not fan the anger, resentment, nihilism, and hatred that bubbles beneath the violence. So there you go. I think that this is something we need to keep in perspective every time when talking about mass shootings, because the mass shootings, when people start talking about it, it's all emotion-based. Mm. I mean, obviously it's bad. And it happens, but it's not much more deadly than lightning strikes. And, yeah, I mean, certainly people can take uh, steps to not be, um, you know, where lightning strikes. I mean, probably shouldn't be standing out next to, tr- uh, next to trees in lightning storms or something. But- How many people a day does the U.S. government kill? 
Uh, well, if you're just talking about police, it's about a thousand per year, so three. Yeah. Well, no, I'm thinking police, but also how many people do they kill in Iraq and Afghanistan? All the wars. How I'd many- say that. Um, and you'd have to include uh, death penalty in that. And the death problem penalty is, is pretty low, but yeah, it it's should low. be counted. Yeah. Um, and, and it's just U.S. government, not state governments. Um. Well, I. I guess, I mean, at this point, the state governments are more or less wholly owned subsidiaries of the federal government, sadly. I don't know the answer. I'd say it differs uh, year to year because some years there's a lot more people that die due to wars than others. Um, But I would, uh, you know, I'd say that at this point we know that it's about a thousand deaths per year from police on citizens. So, you know, there's that. Hmm. Which is... Far deadlier than mass shootings. Let's go to Jim calling in from New York. Jim, you're on Free Talk Live. Yeah, I'd like to... There's about a 1,000 people killed by cops per year. Is this James in Arizona? What kind? Who? Go on. And you... There's over a super majority of those people are killed in self-defense by the cop. Certainly. But to keep it in perspective, you have about a 0% chance of being killed by a cop, Rich Paul, or Mark Edge. Yeah, definitely. James in Arizona. Who's banned, uh, by the way, for threatening hosts. The number, 855-450-3733. It's 855-450-FREE. And, yeah, I think that it's certainly true that many many of the people who are shot by police are shot in what they would call good shoots by the government it's also worth pointing out that there are that in canada there's about half as many people uh, as as far as the population goes per per capita shot by police as there are in the united states and the demographics in canada are very similar mm-hmm. if you start looking at europe there are, uh, you know, more people shot in one year in the United States than all of uh, the last like hundred years in Great Britain by police. By police, yeah. yeah. Um, and you know, Germany, the numbers are even lower. Iceland, in the history of the country, one person has been shot. The guy totally deserved it, mind you. I'm not saying these are innocent victims or anything like that, but it is A lot worth of the pointing ones out. in America are. Philandro Castile yep. uh, springs Castillo, yep. to mind. Um, there, I, you know, you these know, are the that cases. The guy they shot in the hallway of the LA hotel as he's on his knees begging for his life. Yeah. Just, oh my God, the acts of depravity by these, by these cops. They, they infuriate me more than any other because, you know, they're, they have the privilege of doing it with impunity. I, I would say that. I tend to agree with uh, James in Arizona on this is that the, probably if we look at the percentage of shoots uh, out there, it would be, although you could say that, hey, you know, maybe this problem could have been solved without the shooting, that you know, the, the, the police probably have legal justification from their standpoint. Um, I'm obviously not talking, I'm, you know, the Philando Castiles of the world are the exception to the rule, and I think that the police I think police should be responsible for their actions. And if you hold them responsible for the obvious glaring problems like Philando Castile, mm. then they will think about the ones as to whether or not they should be shooting, you know, this person or that person. There's there's 
you know, each story needs to be looked at individually. Now, when I'm talking about mass shootings, I'm just trying to put things in perspective. We also mm. talked about lightning here, and I don't hate lightning. I don't hate cops. I don't hate anything. I just want to put things in perspective as to what's deadly and what's not. And mass shootings in this country are deadly for the people that die, but not particularly deadly when it comes to the number of things that occur. So, you know, there yeah. you go. Yeah, they they really beat uh, Tyson up for saying that, too. Um, and, uh, you know, it's uh, it's absolutely true. Tyson. Should be acknowledged. Uh, yeah, Neil deGrasse Tyson. Oh, Tyson, yeah. yeah. The uh, the liberals who love Neil deGrasse, deGrasse Tyson uh, really went after him for trying mm-hmm. to give some perspective um, regarding the, the, the mass shootings and what uh, the dangers are and things like that. And it's just perspective, people. It doesn't mean that you're saying anything terrible about the victim's family or anything like that. I don't know. Whatever. It's Twitter. It's an awful place. Yeah. <laughs> the number 855-450-3733. It's 855-450-free. If you want to follow Free Talk Live on Twitter and say mean things to us, well, it's twitter.freetalklive.com. Business owners, you want more customers? Accept cryptocurrencies. There's people all around you just waiting to spend money at your store. If only you would take it. I know, you've been waiting till someone else makes it easy. Well, good news. HelpMeTakeBitcoin.com adds Bitcoin to your point of sale, totally free. Use the same equipment you already have, now with Bitcoin. And unlike credit cards, there's no fees. Let the guys at HelpMeTakeBitcoin.com bring new customers to your store. HelpMeTakeBitcoin.com Free Talk Live, live Labor Day edition. It's Mark with you. And nobody. The number is 855-450-3733. And the phones have lit up. Let's go right to the phones. We got Matt calling in from Aberdeen, Washington, KBKW. Matt, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Yeah, I have a a question about uh, the overall gun death in America uh, per year. Compared to actual war zones like Ukraine or Syria, I like. I wonder what the comparison is with this uh, uh, Americans killing each other as opposed to an actual war zone. Is it comparable? So the uh, well, I'm sure it depends on the war zone. Um, so the when you say gun deaths, uh, that includes suicides. If you're talking about Americans killing each other, then you're talking about a number that's a third is the size. So basically, it's like thirty-three thousand versus eleven thousand, uh, as far as the rough numbers go. Okay. All right. Well, and then if you think you're Okay, there's a war going on in Ukraine and Afghanistan and everything. Are more Americans dying, killing each other than than as opposed to what's going on in a war zone? I I'm pretty sure that the American government is killing way more people in govern in in war zones than the American people kill at home. But which war zone are you talking about, Rich? I mean, the, the United States isn't in a hot war right now. 
Uh, well, I mean, as I recall, there are people in Iraq, Afghanistan, Syria, Libya, maybe? No, we're out of Libya. They're doing the slave thing there that now. There's really not much going on as far as a hot war goes on. I, I think it, I mean, there's certainly years that you're talking about. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. That's a true statement. But there's other years when, no, it's it's not. So we're not... Not really in a hot war right now. Now, we'll never know what the uh, Special Forces is doing. Got no ideas. Yeah. Uh, Matt, I would say that it's safe to say that, yes, there are more people killing each other in the United States um, than in some war zones. But it would depend on the war zone is really the answer to that. Yeah, that's that's pretty scary. Yeah, indeed. Any point you want to draw from that? No, thank you. Thank yeah. you for the call, Matt. Appreciate it. The interesting thing about that, though, is guess where more people were killed the day of that mass shooting than in the mass shooting? Probably Chicago. Chicago. Man, well, 58 people, by I, I believe, were shot. And uh, that's... Uh, no one wants to talk about that. Yeah. And Chicago has full-on gun control. Yeah, right. You know? It's outlawed there. David calling him from Jackson, Mississippi, K-W-K-H-M. David, you're on Free Talk Live. Yeah, Jackson, Michigan. Excuse Sorry. me. <laughs> hey, I was born in Jackson, yeah. Michigan. All right. Grew up cool. in Ann Arbor. <laughs> Small world. Yeah, right next to, down the road from Ann Arbor. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah, you, you just stole my thunder, though. I was just going to mention Chicago, that... Uh, when they were talking about the El Paso shootings and the Dayton, Ohio shootings, there were two incidents in Chicago, three hours apart. Seven people killed. Forty-six others were wounded by shootings. And nobody wants to talk about the mass shootings. So far, just this week, from 9-1 to 9-7, three have been killed, 19 have been wounded, total of 22 shot just in, what, two days. For year-to-date in Chicago, that nobody wants to talk about, Total shot, 1,888 people shot in Chicago. 1,000 people have been shot in Chicago in a, in this year. Yeah. Year wow. to date. Wow. Yeah, not, not killed. Homicides are 348, but 1,800 people have been shot what? in Chicago. And these, this is a lot of this is gang violence, so it's not considered a mass oh, yeah. shootings? In mass shootings? Yeah, numbers? apparently. Apparently, it's the mass shootings that nobody wants to talk about for some reason. Right? Wow, we could have numbers like that if only we banned guns. (laughs) Yeah. But nobody wants to talk about banning handguns. All these shootings and killings every day in Chicago are being done by handguns, but nobody wants to talk about banning handguns. Let's ban assault rifles. Yeah, they're one-tenth of one percent of the killings are done by long guns. But yeah, let's ban those. Why do you think they're it is things that people, they're, they're that not the, the things that's doing all the killings? Why do you think the media won't address the Chicago issue? Because it's a Democrat-run city, and it would make the Democrats look even worse. Because the Democrats don't want to talk about what's going on in Chicago because they know it's a Democrat-run city, and they can't handle it. They number one, they have loosened the imprisonment and the punishments for shooters in Chicago so generously. Like, remember back before, uh, I think it was before President Trump was uh, our president, they were saying, bring in the federal prosecutors into Chicago, that'll fix it. Yeah, because under federal punishments, if you discharge a gun shooting at somebody in public, under federal punishment, it is 18 years 
in prison. Chicago has it as 18 months Jeez. due to overcrowding to release early. 18 months. They've downgraded it so much. It's only 18 months. They've downgraded, and because of the uh, overcrowding, they're letting they're, they're letting these criminals out in less than eight or nine months of yep. an 18 month sentence. I, I can did predict that much time them, for selling that's, weed. That's just a vacation. I can pr- yeah, it's, it's predict just a vacation outcome. to them. I can predict they the outcome of this. They're going yeah, to exactly. They're they're going to build more prisons. Uh, to employ more government uh, officials for as uh, prison guards, and then they're going to ha- basically be a prison state uh, because so many people are committing crimes. And you know, yep. once once somebody commits one crime, they're much more likely to commit more. Um, you know, yep. they go in, exactly. they spend a little bit of time. At some point or another, they're doing life on the installment plan, hmm. and then yep. they get hit with the big yeah, one. Exactly. And they just. They just- and hang out with their buddies for six or eight months, then they get let out and do it again. They get thrown back in. The chief of police of Chicago was there once, and he said, the main problem is repeat offenders. If somebody has an idea how to take care of this, let me know. Well, hey, chief, listen to me. Send them to prison for 18 years instead of 18 months. I'll take care of it. Yeah, I would think a longer sentence might be, um, you know, worthwhile in that circumstance. Um, yeah, all they need to yeah. do the call, David. is kick the people yeah. who don't belong in prison at all out. Kick out the prostitutes, kick out the drug users, kick out the drug dealers. There will be plenty of room for your murderers because there aren't that many of them. Not nearly as many. Um, and we've looked at the statistics on this is that about half of the prison population hasn't committed any kind of violent crime. Um, This is nationwide. I don't know what it's like in Illinois. And one has to kind of consider that some people commit crimes in order to get drugs. So if you're in the drug war, those people probably wouldn't have committed crimes to get the drugs. Yeah, because it'd be 50 cents. Yeah, it wouldn't be as, as costly. I don't think that's there's as good of an argument on that. Like it doesn't sound as good. People are. I, I wouldn't suggest letting people out who've committed violent acts to get drugs. I'm no, just saying that maybe in the future, likely in the future, you will see less crime because fewer people will have to commit crime to get expensive drugs because you know people don't commit crimes to get exp- uh, cheap drugs. They just yeah. get the cheap drugs. Yeah, I mean, how many people are out robbing people to buy cigarettes? But cigarettes are more addictive than heroin. Um, yeah, let's go to the phones real quick. Uh, Skip, calling in from Montana. Skip, you're on Free Talk Live. Hi, I was listening to you guys talk about the unions, and while I'm not a huge union guy, um, I do think that uh, you've got people that, uh, and this guy was one of them, actually, the uh, the guy from Illinois, he was basically a freeloader on the system, didn't want to pay, not just union dues, but he didn't want to pay a fee to be represented by the union uh, and use their health insurance and those kind of things. The benefits that he was getting, he wanted for free. Well, I mean, you maybe know, he didn't want them at all. Yeah. Maybe he wanted to negotiate his own arrangement. Well, and you know as well as I do that that a school district, for example, is not going to negotiate with every individual in order to uh, to have their own contract well, individually. They're not. But, hold but, the line. Hold the line, uh, Skip, if you would. Just hold it. 855-450-3733. Big employers like Walmart negotiate individually. Free Talk Live. Yeah! 
Free Talk Live, and you are free to call in and talk live here. Final segment of Free Talk Live. It's Mark with you. And nobody. And we've been talking about, well, a a variety of things tonight, but Skip called in specifically about uh, unions. It's Labor Day, and we did a story on public sector unions. Skip, can you hear me? Yes, indeed. Yeah. And so I I just want to get some clarity here. Which uh, we I read the story, and by the way, you're talking about you're, you're hearing the the show at a different time. So, um, which uh, who are you calling a free rider in this particular instance? Can you describe that situation to me? Well, the the guy, uh, Mr. Janus, who was the okay. uh, who was the person uh, that filed the Janus case to or took the Janus case to the Supreme to Court. To the Supreme Court. Yep. Yes, and one. Um, at this point, now in the United States, it is uh, the highest law in the land that one needn't, cannot be forced to join a union, right? Well, there's a difference between joining the union and paying a representation fee to the union. Okay. So you because can that's join that's the union and not pay a fee? No, but you can, you can not be a member of the, a full member of the union, and up until the time of the Janus decision, you could, you would be uh, forced, if you want to call it that, but you would be responsible for paying a fee for being represented by the union in contract negotiations and benefit negotiations. So when you're, so say this guy is a Republican and that union gives a bunch of money to the Democrats, why should he be forced to make political donations against his own interests? Well, I mean, that that's was, the big thing that unions do is support the Democrats. That's their main function, it seems. Well, it's not their main function, but that was one of the arguments that he used and one of the things that the Supreme Court looked at. But quite frankly, hmm. uh, that's a small portion of, of what he, uh, what the money that he donated or gave to the union was used for. Well, he didn't give um, it. It was taken. He had to go to well, court to stop it. Sure. But the fact of the matter is, is that he benefited from that that payment to the union. I think that's accurate. Getting- he did he did benefit financially, but I think that the yeah. article what um, reason says here is is that the state creates a monopoly. So in this case, uh, public schools, right? Mm-hmm. And the well, monopoly. No, you, you can homeschool your child. Oh, does that mean I don't have to pay for the government school? No, you do. But oh, you're the, you're so they have a monopoly, so a monopoly on your money. Funding. It's just, if you have enough left after paying for a horrible education, they might let you give your kid a decent education, but be no, rift of your you education budget. What's that? You can send your child to a madrasa if you want to, whether it's Catholic, whether it's uh, uh, any other religion that you want. You are welcome to do that. You just can't take your money out of your portion of the money that's used for public schools out of the system. I'm a exactly. Child of the so you're going to steal I'm, that I'm from me and use it for something that you think is important and I think is horribly destructive, the public school system. But those of us that are children of the 60s remember trying to withhold the portion of the taxes that were used for the military yep. during the Vietnam War, and we weren't allowed to do that. Well, you well pay your, that's another taxes, reason that you should oppose all taxation, because if 
that's a very nice pie in the sky kind of thing to uh, not have any taxation whatsoever. But the fact of the matter How is, is the that pie in the sky. Go ahead. You have to pay for something, whether you well, pay. Uh, whether you pay for roads, whether you pay for schools, whether well, you sure. pay I mean, for the fire know, department, whether you pay for so police are you, department. Are you saying that when I write my check that I just sit there and I imagine that I'm paying for the roads and that I don't imagine that I'm paying for the bullets that mow down Middle Eastern people's kids? Is that what you're – Absolutely. Yeah, well, Absolutely. That, that's what you, you just called rich pie in the sky? That is wow. the dumbest, most Pollyanna thing I've ever imagined, <laughs> I've ever heard. You, I'm just supposed to sit here and imagine the what my stuff goes through? ostrich theory. Look, just pretend it's, it's not it's, going on. Uh, skip. Every, the the every government dollar. school is the worst school in a given geographic area for a given grade 99.9 plus percent of the time. If you're going to force me, if the government's going to force me to pay for the worst school in a given geographic area, then, um, you know, I mean, like, I have every reason to be outraged. It's not about education. It's about funding crappy unions of unhappy teachers. And this and 86%, 86% of all statistics are made up, nope, including not. the one I used just then. Okay. So, so the thing is that you can assume that the dollars that you pay in taxes are used for roads and highways and police departments and all the rest. Well, I don't want to use for police departments. They're murderers. No, they're well, not. A not lot of them of are. Them. Baltimore PD kills a lot of people. I understand, Rich. But, but, not, but not all the people. They don't kill all the people that they interact with. Oh, well, we should love them for letting some of us live. Skip, I mean, these are, sound like some pretty lame excuses for forcing people to pay for crappy government programs, don't they? I mean, honestly, wouldn't mm-hmm. it be better if I could just pay for the things that I used? So, you know, if you want security uh, services, pay for them. If you want school services, pay for them. If you want, um, you know, whatever it is that the government's trying to force down your throat, make you pay seven times too much for, um, you know, just just free, uh, make it free market. If it's if it's worth having, it's worth paying for, isn't it? So you should you should only buy the things that you want at all times. What else would I buy? Yeah, you should spend your money well, on what's important to you. The fact of the matter is that there is a public good I grew up in Virginia, which is a commonwealth. The common wheel allows the the government to make sure everyone is covered responsibly. With You'd think they do a better saying. job of making a school, but no, they always have the worst yeah. school. I mean, where's the knifings? Where are the shootings? You know, what about the money that was that was spent on keeping me in jail for a year and a half for uh, for weed? You know, that's money that's done, that was used to ruin a good person's life, and it was your tax money. So next time you pay your taxes, you think about that. You remember that your tax money is being used to ruin innocent lives. I'm old enough to be collecting Social Security, so the next time you pay your taxes, remember that you're helping to fund my lifestyle. Well, I don't pay them. I won't work in their system. I would rather starve than pay their taxes. Well, Social Security isn't isn't really taxes. I mean, come on. You paid in. 
Well, no. They you paid into Social Security. They squandered that money. Of course they and did. now your yeah, children are paying for your retirement and there will be nobody to pay for theirs. So congratulations on screwing the next generation. It is a Ponzi scheme. Skip, thank you for the call. Appreciate it. Call back in sometime. I do appreciate this kind of challenge. Thank you so much. You you bet. Take care, guys. Eight five five four five I'm giving up the number. Let's go to, right to Jim here in Rochester. Jim, you're on Free Talk Live. Jim, uh, yeah, hello. Hey. LRN.FM. Okay, there we go. That's what happens when people who listen on Twitch FM get on the radio. Huh. Um, I think that there are people, Rich, that hear the show that don't know that uh, we advocate for a very, uh, for human freedom, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and. The it, it can come as a shock to some of them um, that, uh, you know, for instance, we, you know, some people disagree with certain public goods that are out there. Mm-hmm. And um, I think Jim was one of those. Yeah. 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 No. How how I, I just don't understand how how you can cheerfully pay taxes to an organization that takes that money and literally kills people, ruins lives, um, subjects kids to an education system that Well, the education system is what I want to talk about real quick. We're talking about 19%. According to their numbers, 19% of public school graduates, not people who went to public school, Hmm. graduates of public school are functionally illiterate, 19%. Hmm. In some district, that number reaches 40%. When you're talking about 40% of kids that graduate, not go to school, because there's plenty of them drop out before the end of school, that graduate, what's the point of having a government school anyway? If it's not middle-class welfare babysitting day prison at that point, I don't know what is. 40% of kids who who graduate government school are functionally illiterate in some districts. 19%, that's almost 20%, nationwide. You don't need a government uh, education system for that. You can have no school at all and get those kind of numbers. You could do better than that with libraries. Go to uh, freetalklive.com. Sign up for our newsletter. It's freetalklive.com. You'll find the little block. I want to tell you about my favorite cryptocurrency wallet, Edge Wallet at edge.app. Edge is the wallet I use more than any other, and that was true long before Edge Wallet became a sponsor of Free Talk Live. Edge Wallet allows you to buy, sell, trade, and securely hold your cryptocurrencies including Bitcoin, Ethereum, Tokens, Monero, Ripple, Dash, Bitcoin Cash, and more. It's available for both Android and iOS, and you can download it via the Play or App Store or via Edge Wallet's website, edge.app. Secure your freedom with Edge Wallet. 